Thank you, uh, Peter, for leading us and for Jordan for leading us in communion and he mentioned some key truths of the gospel that we'll be looking at again this morning, particularly on the idea of freedom and deliverance, etc. Freedom with a purpose. We often speak of being made free and um, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning because that's what Ryan will be celebrating and remembering and we with him this morning. I want you to open your Bibles if you haven't got them. I've got the text up on the screen so you can follow that. And we're going to read this text of Scripture from Colossians chapter 3, a well-known text to to many of you. And uh, then we'll just make our way uh, through before Ryan gives his testimony. And the Word of God says, verse 1 of chapter 3 of Colossians, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your minds on the things above, not on things on the earth. That's a massive statement. Verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I've chosen this text because I believe it encapsulates much of what we want to consider this morning. But before we get into that, I just want to Engage your minds, if I may, but more than likely the Spirit of God to engage them. You know, from time to time, we all hear of stories, dreadful stories, actually, how people are kidnapped and held prisoner by wicked men for evil purposes. But those stories become great stories when we hear of news how some of these folk, whether they be children or adults or whatever, when some of these victims escape or are released from their dire situation. Always remember the story of some years ago when that mine collapsed in Tasmania, remember? And all those people, those miners were held captive deep in the belly of the earth for days and days and days. But they were released, they were delivered. Great story. And so these people, whether it be kind of disasters or a bondage brought about by wicked men, when they are released from that, it gives us great cause to celebrate because their freedom is now given back to them. Well, this morning, Ryan Marker, in obedience to the Lord, is celebrating his freedom as well. Freedom not from some kidnapper. I don't think anyone would want to kidnap Ryan. He's a pretty handsome dude anyway, but, you know, uh, he'd probably give them a punch in the nose. But um, freedom not from some kidnapper who maybe wanted money, but freedom from the slavery of sin and self. You got that? Freedom from an evil master that had him bound from his birth, like we all are, bound from his birth, and freedom now to 
to follow the Lord. Because before he was bound from birth to follow this evil master on a broad road that only lead to eternal destruction. That's what he was bound to. Well, this morning from this text, every believer is reminded why we can rejoice over our freedom and also celebrate with Ryan. It's because through faith alone in Jesus Christ, we are given eternal freedom from the chains of sin and its wages, which is eternal death. Romans 6 verse 6 clarifies this. And it says, we know that our old self, this is Paul speaking here, and as a believer, we know that our old self was crucified with him, that's Christ, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So Ryan Marker this morning will be publicly celebrating his freedom. He will do that by identifying himself with his Saviour, his deliverer, if you like. Ryan wants to go public on this, you see. He wants to go public on something that has already taken place within his heart between him and God. He wants to be identified with his Lord and Saviour. And this is what the true believer is commanded to do, by the way. Remember the last words of the Lord Jesus before he ascended back to heaven to his disciples? He told his disciples in that great commission to go and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To go and make disciples. The idea, the emphasis on making disciples. That's where people come to faith and in obedience to the faith and to Christ, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we can ask the question, so why should this be obeyed? Why should this command be obeyed? As we see also illustrations of this throughout uh, the, uh, the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. Well, allow this text to tell us why we should. Because we have a responsibility and there is a reason and there is a range of our freedom in Christ. Those are the three areas I want to look at this morning. First of all, freedom with a purpose, we have a responsibility of our freedom. We see this in verses 1 and 2. It would be a natural action, you can think about that, of indebtedness or gratitude, to express gratitude, to someone who saw fit to protect us and maybe even save us from a terrible plight. The natural reaction and response would be indebtedness to them. We may even go all out with that indebtedness for the rest of our lives. That may be the case. And that is the same for the believer who by faith has experienced God's wonderful deliverance from sin and its eternal penalty. Here in verse 1, what Paul does here is he describes the believer's obligation towards his or her newfound faith in Christ or her newfound freedom in the Lord Jesus. Now, the word if there, if you've got if, it, can, it should be translated since. So it's not if you are a believer or if you're not. He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to a church here. And he says, since or owing to the reality of what has happened in your life. In other words, since you are now raised with Christ. Okay. 
So he's speaking to believers. That is, since you have been raised up from sin's grave that once enslaved you from birth. And that has come about through faith in the risen Lord. And it goes on to say, because of that, now there is a new way of living. There is now for you, for the believer, a new responsibility that will have us, the genuine believer, bursting forth with expressions of gratitude. Why? Because you have been freed from sin and its damning claims through faith in Christ. In other words, owing to God's saving grace experienced by every true believer, our lives will be driven from a brand new perspective. We won't be the same anymore, folks. There will be a new way of thinking. There will be a new way of responding with our minds and our thoughts. There will be a new way of looking at our culture and our world around us. Simply put, folks, genuine believers will understand their responsibility towards God's grace in Christ. They now enjoy and they will live accordingly. Their indebtedness will be expressed in a change of mind, of thinking, and we go all out to continue seeking, as this text tells us, continue seeking those things of eternal value. And where do they have their source? They have their source in heaven, where Christ now is. He's not only with us and in us, but he's in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. And his next great movement will be when he intervenes in the affairs of men and comes to this world. He's coming again. As he came the first time, which we remember at Christmas, believe you me, the scriptures teach clearly that he's coming again. And so we have a responsibility toward this one as believers who has delivered us. His values become our values. Opposed to the values and the ways of our culture and our world. And those values are clearly understood and probably most aptly and clearly described as a fruit of the Spirit, which are love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh. That's what Ryan's done, is crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. There's a responsible believer. There's this believer that is showing expressions of gratitude and has a responsibility to live like that. That's the responsibility for those who now enjoy the freedom that God gives. And secondly, we see here in verse 3 the recognition of our freedom. And some may well be asking here, why get baptised? Why go through the ceremony if it is genuine faith in Christ alone that sets you free from the curse and penalty of sin? And that is very true, as has already been expressed. This baptism here doesn't make Ryan a Christian. He's already Christian. Okay? It's a bit like the thief on the cross. He believed and trusted in God. And Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. He didn't have time or the resources to get baptised. 
So this baptism doesn't make Ryan any more spiritual or it doesn't uh, get him into the kingdom or, or whatever you want the scripture you put on it, but it's a step of obedience and expression of gratitude that Ryan wants to put forth publicly. Let me illustrate it this way as we look at the meaning of verse 3. Firstly, the statement you have, you have died. You see that? You have died? Uh, it's, it's in the past tense. It's something that's happened. It's a past action that has ongoing effects. That's what that word means. So now we can ask, when did we die? It's a metaphor, right? I think you're all alive here today. And uh, we, we all are physically alive. And if you're not a Christian, the Bible talks of you being spiritually dead. But those who have come to Christ through faith are spiritually alive. So this is a metaphor here describing what spiritually happens to every person when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. They die to self and to sin. Paul puts a positive spin on this same event to the Corinthian church by saying this. The believer is what? He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, New things have come, 2 Corinthians 5.17. So he puts a positive spin on that, on the same truth. In other words, once we were dead in sin and enslaved to its just penalty, but through faith in Christ alone, we recognise our sin was laid on Christ and that Jesus Christ willingly bore all our sin and paid the price and in doing so, he met God's just demands against sin, our sin. In other words, we recognize our identity with Jesus because he became what? He became our sin bearer. We recognize our identity with him. He became our sin bearer. He died as a penalty for our sin. He became our substitute. Why? Because our sins were laid upon him and he paid the price that God demanded against sin. But we also recognize our identity with Jesus in that he, that he also arose on our behalf. He didn't stay dead. He arose from the dead. This is the wonderful truth that Jordan has already mentioned this morning at the communion. And he rose so that we can be eternally safe and in the presence of God. That's why Jesus, Paul said in Romans 5 verse 5, let me read that for you. It says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. As a result of our recognizing our freedom in Christ through his death and resurrection, we, we naturally want to identify with the Savior, right? The Savior, he's a person. He's not just some force. We would naturally want to recognize and, and, and be seen with our Savior. So because he becomes our new Lord, he becomes our master. It's a bit like the soldier who signs up for military service. Some of you may have done this at some stage. Or know of someone who's done this. And so when they sign up for military service, it's quite a procedure, I believe, that they have to go through. They have to swear their allegiance to their country whom they serve. And then the most common one is they put on a uniform. And that uniform clearly displays where their loyalty and allegiances lay. His new uniform publicly displays to everyone that his whole life, or these days you can even say her, their whole lives are in the hands of a new authority. 
In other words, when you join the military, it's a little bit like becoming a Christian because you say, I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to the army, the air force or whatever it is. I'm in their hands. Because you say jump and you jump. Folks, the true believer will recognize that they have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's our uniform. We can say then with the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah understood this and he said this, I will rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. Why? For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. Paul reminds the Galatians of the same thing in the New Testament. For all you who were baptized, that's identified, into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Galatians 3.27 Folks, genuine believers will recognize their new identity with Christ and then willingly, publicly wear his uniform. They will obediently follow the Lord, they will, uh, uh, to, uh, because believers know that he'll protect and he'll keep us, and, and not only just for time, but for eternity, we're safe in the hollow of his hand. John chapter 10 tells us that. No one shall pluck them out of my father's hand or my hand, says Jesus Christ. Why? Because of this truth. As our text says, we are hidden in Christ, in God. You can't get safer than that, right? This brings us to our last point. We see this in verse 4. As we might see, our freedom in Christ is just not limited to this earthly sphere. Many unbelievers will say, yeah, yeah, your Christian stuff, it's really good for you because it props you up and helps you get through the tough times of, of, of life. And yeah, there, there is a measure of truth in that. Because we're believers and we have new hope, new desires, new passages, etc., uh, we can face the difficulties of life with a hope that unbelievers don't have. But it goes further than that, folks. It don't just stop there. As a matter of fact, that's only minuscule compared to the, to the range of our freedom. To the range of our freedom. Matter of fact, although the blessing of being saved and free and knowing that we're no longer condemned by God for sin. You know what? The half has not been told yet. The half has not been told. Although it is an immense delight to celebrate in the glory and the here and now, and because of the immeasurable blessings of freedom in Christ, we haven't seen anything yet, folks. And true, although times may be tough now, as we're not exempt from the vagaries of sickness and old age and weakness because of our unredeemed humanness. We all know that, right? We're not exempt from then. But while we are still in this physical lot that we have, one day, one day, our Lord, the one who now captivates our whole worldview, the one who is our life, he will one day intervene in the affairs of men and come again. Not as a lamb like last time he was born to die, led to the slaughter. No, 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 not as a lamb led to the slaughter, but as a lion of the tribe of Judah in great power to save his elect and to, reju and to judge rebellious sinners. That's what he's going to do. And this is the one that Ryan is identifying himself with this morning. 
Ryan is saying as he goes down and he comes up out of that water, I have died with Christ, I have risen with Christ and will follow the Saviour who has set me free. That's pretty awesome, right? He's going to say, I am going to wear his uniform. I set my mind on seeking those things that are of eternal value. What a public statement. May we live that out. This is just not a once-off thing, by the way. Yes, he'll only be baptised once. There's no need to get baptised in literal water over and over again. But as believers, we have a responsibility, you know. We are to live the baptised life every single day. And sometimes, sad to say, I think we forget that. We to remind ourselves, hey, how can I go here? How can I do this? How can I think this? I have died with Christ. I have risen with Christ. I'm identified with Christ. I wear his uniform. And that will guide us through our Christian lives. I'm going to ask Ryan to come up now and he's going to tell you his testimony and uh, of him coming to know Jesus Christ as Saviour. Thanks, Ryan. I'm going to get, I'll get this uh, microphone here for you. Yeah, you got to hold that close, bro. Okay, okay I'll stand back. Hello. In case anyone doesn't know who I am, my name is Ryan Marker. Thanks for being here, as I have the opportunity to be baptised today. Though if I'm not wearing my glasses during the baptism, I won't be able to recognise any of you. I'll just assume that you haven't sneaked off. First, though, a brief discussion on how God has led me here to this point. I've been exposed to the Christian teaching my whole life, whether it is at home or at school. I can remember believing for as long as I can remember, starting from primary school and carrying into my teenage years, where my understanding grew and achieving a more solid personal faith of my own. While I could leave it there, I think several other points deserve discussion. Due to the extended period of time over which this occurred, it meant that a lot of what I learned has been through a relatively slow and gradual process. This is ironic considering that the next major period of growth I experienced was through the topic of creationism. Until I reached high school, I was still in the bubble and did not have much substantial influence from sources overtly hostile to Christianity. This changed with the introduction of atheistic evolution. I'd always been a young earth creationist, and my reason was simple. You simply had to read Genesis. That is what is said there. While my position hasn't changed, I believe that there is a deeper foundation to the statement when I say it now. Throughout my senior school years and my time at university, I've read much on the subject, although how much I remember is a different story. It is through this process which I learned much about the issues concerning worldview, authority and exegesis, along with many others. I believe a lot of what I have learned through this time is useful in all areas of theology. I pray to continue to grow in my understanding, as has occurred since coming here with all of you. One of these areas has, of course, been on the topic of baptism. Importantly, moving to the practical side, now having been here for about a year, there is no reason to lay it any further. This is an ordinance divinely given to us by God. It is my desire to remain obedient by following the command of my Lord Jesus Christ to identify with him as the Saviour who died in my place in order to bear my sins. Also, so that I may identify with him in his resurrection, providing justification and be accounted a righteousness that I could not obtain myself. God alone be glorified for his grace and mercy, which is freely given. Thank you.